Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode four of the RB Metro UK podcast, the number one spot for your New York Red Bulls news from across the pond. Um, second in the East. Let's hit to the uh, let's hit the titles. Let's go. You're listening to the Metro UK podcast, the home of New York Red Bulls discussion from across the pond, with your hosts Scott Humphreys and Luke Hume. Hello, uh, I am Scott Humphreys and I'm delighted today to be joined by Ed Palmer. Ed, how are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, we need to do something about those credits. It still doesn't have my name on them and I'm furious, Scott, furious. I think it's been enough times now that, uh, that you, need, you, need to be, you definitely need to be there. Uh, my, my background, uh, unfortunately, is not as exciting as Ed's. Uh, my slightly broken wardrobe and my very, very nice uh, Venetian blinds. But Ed, uh, a couple of Arsenal shirts in the background there. No New York Red Bulls there. Uh, there are there are no Arsenal shirts on display, um, but uh, no, the Red Bull shirt is uh, is tucked away in the wardrobe, ready to come out on every uh, occasion possible. It doesn't doesn't belong on the wall; it belongs worn, Scott. Apart from unless, of course, my shirt had been signed by Jesse Marsh, in which case it'd be on display. Well, I think I know I know all about that, and that shirt is <laughs> truly really going to be uh, going to be finding its place on the wall. Um, but yes, uh, right. So. Um, it's been it's been I think a quiet week uh, in uh, energy drink FC uh, land, um, but but a, but a positive week um, a positive week that started at the end of last uh, last weekend with a one nil victory over the New England Revolution at Gillette Stadium. Um, do you want to go through the lineup, Ed? Can do. Are we gonna Are we gonna mention that? Every single member of uh, Red Bull Metro UK was very drunk that night uh, in our own various places that we live. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> so, so my, my week, I mean, we'll talk more about alcohol later on because uh, <laughs> this, is, this, is the, uh, this is the alcohol podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, my my uh, Saturday night was was an interesting one. I'd, I'd gone out Friday night and I was well, well and truly happy to have a quiet one on Saturday. Uh, a friend of mine gave me a quick call, saying, oh, do you want, do you want to meet me for, for one? I said, go on, we'll go to the next one. Oh, I'll have one more, then we'll have to go to the next one. Uh, there is a video of me singing along to Michael Jackson, looking very inebriated, uh, which is not going to get out there uh, on the internet. So, yes, I, I didn't watch the game for that reason. Uh, no, I uh, I was the sensible one of everyone and only had a couple of drinks. Uh, but uh, it was, yeah, well, we'll get on to the game in a minute anyway. The lineup uh, was Coronel in goal, then uh, that back five of Morgan playing uh, right wing back, Edwards, Nealis, and Long in the middle, and Tolkien left wing back. Then uh, Yearwood, Amaya, and Amir Fernandez in the middle, and Barlow and Klamala up top. Um, it's a strong lineup. It's probably the strongest we can put out at the moment, I have to say. Um, still a few concerns over the formation, I think. I, I think that's starting to get on people's nerves a little bit this back five and Morgan not necessarily being utilized in the best way he could be is that fair yeah um I, I think the back five is something that we're all we're all slightly on on uh on, on, on well not not too delighted about I think I'm um, convinced I'm convinced that's the word I was after I couldn't find it it's late 
Uh, yeah, slightly unconvinced. Um, I think I think you look at the players that we have in the back five. Uh, we've got Morgan, who traditionally is a wide player. Yes, wide wing back, but more more comfortably wide uh, on the wing uh, and and in the attack. Uh, we've got Tom Edwards, who is a right back playing a centre back, uh, and then we've got two established centre halves and a left back. I think um, the, the time hopefully will come this season where we see that flat back four. Um, of of Edwards, Nealis Long, and Tolkien, um, and hopefully that would free free Tolkien up a little bit more to, to do the runs that he likes to do down the down the left hand side, and Morgan to be uh, played in a more comfortable position. Um, in, it's not it's not looked terrible. Obviously, our, our results this year haven't been been poor, so I'm I'm not too disappointed. But yes, I'd, I'd definitely like to see uh, to see to see the back four come back. Um, Barlow and Clamala starting up front. Uh, Tom Barlow's second start of the season. Um, I think, first of all, I think we need to say how how well the guy's done this season so far. I think that's fair to say, and I, I tweeted it at the time, that Barlow was having a very good first half before he got his silly yellow card. Um, but he brings a different aspect to the attack. He's big, he's strong, he'll jump into people, he'll generally make defenders think about what they're doing and cause them a real headache. Um, and he's very good at that. Um, it, it has been a running joke for his time at Red Bulls that you know he doesn't score often. He doesn't score often. Um, and it's not like he's on a f- rich vein of scoring this season, although he has got has got a couple, I think. But look, you know what you're going to get with Tom Barlow, and that is at least, the very least, 100% commitment and effort to the cause. Whether the quality's there changes from game to game. But, you know, I mean... <laughs> I mean, at the moment, if you gave me Barlow or Klamala, I'm I'm seriously considering putting Barlow in. Um, if we can only have one, um, which is a ridiculous statement to say, but I I truly believe that that Barlow is more of a goal threat and gives us more and puts in more effort than Klamala does. Um, good restraint from him as well, actually, on a yellow card um, when. I mean, we've got to talk about this. Uh, this was the most incredible thing I've ever seen on a football pitch. When uh, the assistant referee decided he was going to try and start fighting him for no apparent reason. Um, it was just the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And I just could not believe what I was watching. It was barely a foul. I mean, they've given the foul, fair enough. The refereeing performance was woeful on on, on Saturday night. Um, but it was what it was. But yeah, I mean, but it's barely a foul. Barlow's walking away from from the tackle, and the assistant referee's just getting in his face. I, I just couldn't quite believe what I was watching. But you know, maybe the Barlow of old would have taken that provocation and and got himself a second yellow card. But he kept his head very well, and um, I think I think this season might be the season that we start putting a bit more respect on Tom Barlow's name. I, I have seen that, and um, I must say it was just bizarre. Uh, refereeing in MLS has always been a major point of contention. Um, to be completely honest, the refereeing standard is very poor uh, over in the US. It is something that year after year after year that we end up seeing. Year after year, points are lost um, and, and games are, are ruined by poor refereeing decisions. Uh, and, and thankfully, thankfully, that wasn't the case um, last weekend. But, but what a bizarre scene to, to have to watch. Um, but no, Tom Barlow is—he's uh, very physical. 
uh, and he runs, he runs, and he runs, and he runs, and he gets himself about. And and I've never seen a bloke as tall as him try so many random bicycle kicks for no reason and throw <laughs> himself at the ball. I just think I I I just think he's you know what I, it's really difficult not to love him, especially this season and especially under uh, Struber. I think Struber's really brought a, a side of his game out that, that he didn't have before. Um, looking throughout the rest of the team, uh, we'll talk more about Amaya's ends to his game um, later on. But Yearwood and Amaya this year, I think I don't. I, I'm not sure I've seen two central midfielders step up their their performance levels more than these two. Uh, have this campaign in um, in, in retrospect to, to last. Uh, Drew Yearwood has, has been a, a slow burner over the last couple of years to get into to, to his sort of pace of the game. Uh, and Frankie Meyer, I think last year we, we'll all say that we were very excited when we uh, paid what we did for him, being the, the talent that he was, uh, and a little bit let down by the end the end performance. But um, the two of them this year have been fantastic, haven't they? They have, and it's not just that you know we're. English that we're going to say it, but I mean, Drew Yearwood has, has been truly sensational. Uh, there's not been a game where I've come off and thought he's putting less than a seven out of 10. That would be the absolute minimum that I'd, I'd put his performances at. It's been nice to see. It's almost like he's been given a bit more freedom and he's, Struber's just said, look, go out there, be a central midfielder. Don't worry about trying to do anything else. Just be a central midfielder, you know, run the middle of the park, beat players in the midfield, get the balls to the forwards. And, and you know, like you say, unfortunately, that's where it's let us down a little bit. But I mean, he could have had a couple of goals, to be honest, if his, if his finishing was a bit better. But that's not unique to him. I think we could have won games a lot more comfortably all over the shop if our finishing was a little bit better. But I mean, he's been he's been fantastic. Um, I, I'm really excited. Cause he, I mean, it's not like he's been poor. In, in the past, but I, I agree with you. Something this season has clicked for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just going to be so much fun to watch if he continues doing that. No, absolutely. Uh, another special mention to a guy who, uh, as I said, I didn't watch the game in full, but on highlights look good. Uh, and for me, he's been one of our players of the year this year so far. He's the, he's the player that I think, weirdly, for, for a player in his position, excites me the most when he, he gets the ball. And that's John Tolkien. He's uh, he's surging runs down the left-hand side. He's beautiful, beautiful blonde hair flowing in the wind as he runs. And he's, he's, he's wonderful Americanisms and how just... He, he's, he's a 17-year-old kid playing football. And you can tell that he's that every single time he steps out on the field. Uh, so, so we're really enjoying seeing... Uh, John Tolkien play this year. Um, another game goes by, uh, and another <laughs> zero on the goal record for uh, for our for our poll uh, up top. Um, as somebody who watched the whole watched the whole game, um, what were his chances like? Uh, did he make? Did he get any? Uh, and, and and at what point does this does this become a problem? I think it already is a problem, uh, to be honest. I mean, relying on own goals is not something we particularly want to do. Um, it's nice when they happen, and look, you're gonna you're gonna need a little bit of luck if you're gonna be successful in a season. But Clamal is just—it's not so much that he's not scoring. Um, you can forgive a striker for that. Goal droughts happen, and um, they've happened to the best players in the world 
all over the world. It's, he doesn't offer anything. There's nothing. He's not getting in behind and, and making those runs. He's not holding the ball up. He's not picking the ball up and beating defenders. He's not getting shots away quick enough. He's not getting shots away quick enough on target. I mean, he had a brilliant chance earlier on in the game. Um, and I mean, I started to lose my head a little bit on Twitter, to be honest. And it was it was early in the game. He's wonderful counter-attack for Red Bulls. He's sent Klamala down the right-hand side and you think, this is a chance. You know, it's a three-on-one in Red Bull's favour. Angle's tightening. He's going down the right. He showed onto his right foot. He's got two players. I can't remember who it was. Um, one of them might be Barlow. I can't remember who the other one was. It may have even been Eurid. In the middle of the box, just knock the ball across. Just knock the ball across because I will mention the Revs keeper in a minute, but I mean, he had a stunning game. It, I didn't think that anything was going to beat him. But, you know, he's come out. He's closed the angle. Kamala's got nothing of the goal to aim at. I don't know why he's even shooting there. Just just knock it back. Just lay it back just to two players who have got an open net. And you just, it's that sort of frustration that is coming in with Kamala now. He seems like his decision-making, if there's a wrong decision to be made, he'll make it. And that is the problem at the moment. Um, he needs to start scoring because... We all know with strikers, if you if you score in, all is forgiven. You can have an awful game as long as you get a goal, all will be forgiven. But he's not even doing that at the moment. Um, I, the problem is, I don't think Fletcher's settled in enough yet. But I'd be looking at probably putting Fletcher on instead of Kamala at the next game. I, I, can't, I can't see the Red Bulls fans allowing Kamala to get away with what he's been getting away with for the first few games much longer. I think I think everybody can see at times, especially when we see Clamala at his best. Uh, I think he's a very intelligent football player. Uh, I think he, he he's very good with the ball. He knows what he's doing. Uh, the problem with him is he's so desperate sometimes to drop deep, uh, to drop deep and to try and collect the ball, to go into the channels and try and collect the ball. He's he. We rarely see Patrick Clamala running through the middle of the pitch trying to get on the end of a cross, trying to get on the end of the through ball, on the shoulder of the defender. He, he's dropping deep. He wants to be more involved with the game. Now, Fabio was was similar, um, and we decided not to take up the option on Fabio. Uh, we've already paid for Kamal, and we've paid big money, which is why he's a, a designated player signing. Um, I, I, th- I think I think we've, we've looked at him. Perhaps the scouting team's not, not spent enough time over there. Uh, I just don't think he's the right fit for what we're trying to do. I, I think he would be fine. I think Struber just needs to tell him to stop dropping. Just literally just stay as far up the pitch as he can on the shoulder of the last man. Don't let Barlow run his socks off, coming back, getting the ball, winning the headers in midfield, trying to get the ball forward, doing the dirty work. You just stay on the on the shoulder of the last man. All you've got to do, and every time you see a midfielder or a centre-half or one of the wingers look forward, just run. Just run forward, put it over the top. It's very, well, we call it Brexit football. Mm. It's very it's very route one football. But you've got to play to your strengths. And I just don't think that Klamala's strengths are on the ball. I, I, don't, I don't think... The red, the red ball game is played off the ball. It is played off the ball. It is played in transition. It is played in in uh, on on the press and on the counter. We cannot be having our 
our number nine, our main goal scorer, coming in and playing as deep, if not deeper, than, than a player playing in the 10 or, or in the 8. And that is what's happening too often. My concern is, I mean, the, the obvious the obvious answer to that is, Patrick, stop bloody dropping, stand on the last man. But I think my concern now is that he's had all of last year and the first five games of this season under the same management regime, under the same style of play, under the same ethos and the same coaches. I just don't, I'm not sure if, it, you know, if it's not clicked already, when is it going to click? Is it going to click? That That's that's my concern with, uh, with, with him. I don't I think, think he's shown us enough to, to justify sticking with him any longer. If he, if there were moments of brilliance and you go, we have, wow, where's that come from? Then you could say, well, he's got it in his locker, but I, I just haven't seen it. The last last season as well, I just didn't see enough of him to to warrant going. This is this is the the player that is going to fire us into a supporter shield contention. I just I just don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, but, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I agree. I agree. Um, so we uh, we won the game one nil uh, with a bizarre, bizarre goal from the, uh, the the New England Revolution number eight, Matt Polster. Um, after after Ashley Fletcher put the ball across uh, again, the one of the most bizarre <laughs> and just I, I just don't know. Every time I watch it, I've still got no idea how that ball goes into the net. Um, I've got I've got absolutely no idea how it happens. Um, the Red Bulls uh, managed 12 shots during the game with five on target. Um, as as to be expected from New York Red Bulls, that uh, we only have 34% possession of the ball uh, and a 62% pass accuracy, uh, accuracy. So again, what we're saying about Kamala dropping deep and us trying to, to play this building game, it's not going to work. We are better on that counter, on that press and in transition. Um, towards... Uh, um, I can't quite remember what minute it was, Ed, uh, the, the card. Uh, it was one of the minutes between 45 and 90. Um, bear with me. Uh, it was 73rd minute. Yeah, in the 73rd minute, um, Frankie Meyer was was uh, shown the red card eventually, um, which which again is, is highlighting the... The wonderful refereeing talent over in uh, over in the states. What did you make of the red card? Ed? Well, I mean, first of all, it's just not. It just isn't. It isn't. A, it's not a foul. It's it's a wonderful recovery challenge. He's gone from the side of the player. He's nicked the ball away from him. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. That that is first first things first. There is nothing wrong with the challenge that Amaya made at all in any sense of of football or soccer or in any. It's just not a foul. Um, the problem is, once the referee gives the foul, he has to give a yellow card because of what he's given the foul for. Um, it's frustrating that VAR can't be used to check second yellow cards um, yeah. because it, it definitely should have been. Um, the uh, Revolution commentary team, who I slated on Twitter for the entire game, um, again, shone themselves in no glory at all by saying it was a blatant red card. It's ju- it just wasn't. Um, they were absolutely woeful all game and nothing gave me better pleasure than seeing them lose in the last minute to an own goal. Um, but I mean, 
the frustrating thing is as well, he's been charged um, by the league for um, failing to leave the pitch in a timely manner. I mean, it, he didn't take that long over leaving the pitch. He didn't, uh, fair enough, he didn't, but he didn't walk straight off. But I mean, you've just been, you've just been sent off for a, a perfectly fine challenge. I think you're probably, you're probably justified in being a little bit peeved about it. Um, I don't know whether we've appealed. Um, I doubt it. I don't think he's available um, for this no, weekend. He's not. No, he's not. Um, which is, uh, at least it's we haven't appealed it rather than we've appealed it and they've upheld it. Because if that was the case, we might as well all go home because it, that would just be the worst thing. I mean, Luke the frustrating Bruce. thing, the frustrating thing was it it was coming. Everyone in that game could see there was a red card coming and frustrating it how it was. I mean, the first half was just... I don't think we had more than 20 seconds of football before the referee blowed his whistle for foul. Yeah. Um, and it was just becoming tiresome. He set out his stool early and he was clearly going to be as strict as possible. And yeah, it, it's, it, look, it's, it's an awful call. It's a dreadful call. Every referee has them, but at nil-nil, you do start, especially away at the Gillette as well. Ten, ten men, best part of 15 20 minutes to play you're starting to worry um especially with a someone like Amaya going off the pitch and the work rate that he brings um but credit to absolutely everyone on the pitch really for for making it not an issue um and then obviously books have got sent off as they were chasing the game which was fantastic um Lovely little bit of play acting by uh, Dylan Nealis as well, I think, to get him sent off. But like I say, at that point, it was just let's all laugh at New England. So I couldn't really care less. No, no, I agree. Um, New York Red Bulls, after after that victory, are now second uh, in the Eastern Conference with a record of 3-1-1. One, one. Um, three road wins out of three, taking nine points from a possible nine. Uh, one draw and one defeat uh so one point from a possible six at home um nine goals scored seven goals scored in the first two road uh, road games uh zero goals scored against minnesota uh one again one one bizarre goal from tom bolo's backside scored uh against columbus and then an own goal um against new england Obviously, we've discussed it. We don't need to discuss it in too much detail now. But uh, are goals going to be the big problem for New York Red Bulls this year? Uh, I think so. But um, look, if you score one and the opposition don't score any, it's still three points. So um, the good news is that we're seeing the best of Carlos Coronel this season. Um, he's going to need a little bit of help from his defence um, and that has struggled. But look, I mean... You look at you look at what we're working with up top. We were working with a Klamala who hasn't even got into first gear yet. He's actually probably closer to reverse gear. Um, we're looking at Barlow, who's not known for his scoring prowess, and we're looking at Fletcher, who we don't really know enough about in the MLS to to justify it. So Strube is an intelligent man. That's that's not an issue. He'll know that that we need to score more goals, but. You know, whilst the record is good, I'm happy to stick by it. Should that record start going and a few 
defeats start creeping in, then maybe there'll be a bit of discontent. But picking up points is always good. And it doesn't matter if it's 1-0 or 5-0, you still get three points. Absolutely. And uh, and a win at Foxborough is is always, always, always appreciated after after some very nightmarish trips there over recent years. Um so looking ahead, um we are we are given the, the opportunity to pick up the first home points uh, on Saturday the ninth versus CF or Club de Foot Montreal. Um Wilfred Nancy's team. Uh, there is a chance for us to go top of the east if Philadelphia don't pick up three points as well. Uh, looking at players that are out, we've got um, uh, Frankie Meyer missing out due to suspension. Wiki Carmona, Cameron Harper and Andres Reyes are all out also with uh, with, with sort of longer-term injuries. Uh, but fortunately, we have no fresh injury concerns, which is nice. The team's still staying fit. Um, we're not losing players game by game, which is which is always a win. Um, the, the first thing I want to sort of discuss here is... Uh, We've got two players that have, that have come in more recently. Uh, a designated player in uh, Lukinas and, and a new a new centre forward in, in Ashley Fletcher. Uh, Fletcher's been been here for, for a little bit less than Lukinas, but they've both started training with the team and they've both had minutes uh, from the bench. Is this a, a really good opportunity to, to blood them both at home from the start to give them 50, 60, 70 minutes and say, right, here we go, let's see what you can do? Um, I think that's... I think you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, the team has almost set itself up in a way for them to come in. I mean, with Amaya not playing, um, your natural re- uh, replacement is Lucinius. It, it just is. He's been brought in. He's not been brought in to sit on the bench. We've had to wait a little bit to get him up to speed. But, you know, we need him now. Um, and it's not a case of he's a luxury player coming on. He's He is going to be, you know, you say get that blood on blood on him he's, he's he needs to come in and he needs to perform for that 60 70 minutes that we give him um same with uh, with Fletcher I, I just can't I don't know how Struber can justify starting Patrick Klamala after the start he's had for the season and the more he starts Klamala the more comfortable Klamala is going to be that if he doesn't score he's going to keep getting started so I think this is the perfect opportunity the only issue with that I think is Fletcher and Barlow being too similar. Um, they're both tall. They're both strong. They're both physical. Um, we might we might become a bit too predictable. Um, so what we might see is Fletcher and Klamala um, up top. If Fletcher was to start, Fletcher in place of Barlow, um, Austria might not give a toss and start both the big men up top, and we're just going to start lumping it into the box. And there's nothing wrong with that, really. Um, but this is this is the opportunity for them. If ever there was a game to break them in, it is it's this one at home because we need them. And you know, Montreal haven't been great this season. I mean, of course, of course, another option would be would be to to, to do what we we are. I think we are all desperate for, which is drop to four at the back and perhaps look at a, a four two three one. Um, you know, and and I think that would that would work for players like Omer Morgan. And um, and Lakina uh, Fletcher through the middle, uh, and then Yearwood and, and and somebody coming in uh, to replace to replace Frankie Moore in the centre uh, centre midfield. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously see. Uh, I don't think that will happen, uh, and I do think we might end up seeing uh, Tom Barlow Tom Barlow uh, start from the start again. But uh, I wouldn't be too 
wouldn't be too disappointed with that. Uh, so Montreal this year have a record of one victory, three defeats and one tie. And their only win coming last weekend uh, in a 4-3 victory uh, to FC Cincinnati. So essentially that means it doesn't count. They are still on zero wins because beating Cincinnati is the same as beating a team of pensioners these days. Um, obviously, four goals scored is a good thing. Three goals conceded is not. Uh, they have also had uh, a grueling fixture list to start the campaign, uh, being knocked out by Mexican giants Cruz Azul, uh, 2-1 across uh, a two-legged tie in, in the Champions League. Um are we are we concerned about Montreal? Um, I'm concerned that four go- scoring four goals will give their forwards a bit of confidence. Because um, I mean, if you look at who scored the goals as well, um, it was the front line that scored them. Um, so they'll be coming in with a bit of confidence. Um, that's the concern, I think. Um, and really, really, my only concern. Um, for for Montreal, um, I mean, in all fairness, their their draw this season, their tie was against Atlanta, and that was three all. That so was I a mean, crazy game that was. That was a crazy yeah. game. They were they were three nil up or three one up at some point, and then uh, yeah, three one, and then eighty fifth and ninety second minute they uh, got pegged back. I mean, they haven't f- failed to score in any of their league games this season yet apologies no i am lying uh bear with me the uh, the mls app which is wonderful as always has decided to oh, completely yeah, yeah, stop working uh no, sorry they didn't score i don't know i don't know the, the apps the apps crashed um i think the majority of games they've played in they have scored though even though they've been on the losing side um which does show that clearly they leak goals because if you're scoring goals and still not winning, then something is uh, is drastically wrong. So who knows? Maybe start Klamala. probably won't get a better chance to get a goal in this game, to be honest. Yeah, they they, they have uh, they have found defending uh, defending quite difficult this year. Uh, lots of goals being shipped. Um, I think we you know when we when we talk about the other end of the pitch and, and we're talking about four goals. Uh, scored and three goals scored against Atlanta. Uh, there, there are sort of three players that for me stick out. Um, first of all, um, MLS veteran Kai Kamara. Uh, Kai Kamara scores goals wherever Kai Kamara is. Uh, he's 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 got to be got to be solidly into his thirties now. Um, but he he's a player I think that any team at this level would take. Uh, Mason Toy, another really really strong forward, uh, has looked really really good at times this year. And then uh, the, the main one that, that, that sort of concerns me is George Mihalovic. Um, last year, so, uh, I think it was last year, signed from Chicago um, and looked looked good. Looked good. You know, he's, he's always been a talent. He's, he's still a very young man. He, he's, he always looked very excited. But this year, something seems to have happened to Mihalovic and he has stepped it up a good two or three knocks. Um, scoring, uh, scoring two or three goals already this year in in, in MLS. Um, how, how do we deal with with that, Ed? Um, it's well, it may even be that Struber decides that he needs that five at the back this game because of the scoring um, prowess of uh, 
of those players. Um, I don't know is the honest answer. I think the problem is they will play with that front three, um, which sets itself up to have a back three for for Red Bulls to, to go man for man. Um, I, I, like I, said, I would really like to uh, to see that four at the back, but I just don't think this is the game really to uh, to play it. Um, I, I think they're too dangerous, uh, and especially the fact that that we've not been scoring. We've got to expect expect that Montreal are probably going to get a goal or get a very good chance at a goal. Um, so we've got to limit that as much as we can. Um, Edwards, I think, is going to be working hard actually as will uh, as will whoever plays on the outside of the uh, the back three on the other side as well because they're going to have to cover a lot of miles to uh, to deal with the fact they're going to be stretched out of position very very well by the wide players of Montreal so it's it's going to be a difficult one I think it's too early in the season to be looking at records um, and saying this should be a comfortable win um, they've had a poor start but it's not isn't it's it's not going to be an easy defensive game by any stretch of the imagination. Who who do you start? Uh, I'll put my two pennies worth in first. But who who do you start at right wing back if we do go with the and the five? Um, for me, I think obviously Morgan Morgan's better suited to be a bit higher up the pitch. Uh, but at times it seems I think Morgan's looked really strong and then has dipped out of games completely. Um, the other option that we have without, I mean, Tom Edwards isn't going to play at right back. Let's face it, that's not going to happen this weekend. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 this is what I want, but I don't think it will happen. Uh, then, of course, we have Dylan Nealis. Dylan Nealis has been, um, I'm going to use the word uh, inconsistent this year so far. I think we've seen really good spells of Dylan, especially in the attacking third. Going forward, I think he's managed to put some good crosses in. His link-up play down the right-hand side with the central midfielders has looked good at times. But he's also been caught out quite a lot. Uh, and and I think as well, he, he's, his temperament has, has shown that he he's, he's worth a yellow card uh, or two a game. Um, if you're Struber, who, who do you pick in that position? Um, I think you probably still go with Morgan. Um, I think just because it hasn't gone drastically wrong yet, um, so it's it's not really broken. Um, so I don't fix it. The Dylan Nealis one is a, is a really strange situation because everyone was well under the impression that he was brought in uh, as a as a squad player. He was not brought in as a a starting player. Um, and when Edwards came in, it would more likely be Edwards playing in that position. Um, Struber's found success with this back five. Um, and I just don't think we've got the cover to allow Edwards to go out right in a in a back five because that would be the ideal scenario, mm-hmm. is we have another centre half fill in for uh, for Tom Edwards and allow him to do the work on the right hand side. Um, but as you said, we're not going to see that this season. So, uh, so I think you stick with Morgan. I think Morgan's too good to not have in the team. And if that means playing him a little bit further out of position, then it means playing him a little bit further out of position. Um, but I think he's too good to not to not play. Um, and that's unfortunately where we're at. Uh, I mean, we're getting a couple of questions on on Twitter as well about uh, from Ryan G um, about whether we need to change our attack and defence formations 
Um, we've obviously spoken about that already, and and like I say, it wouldn't be nice to see that back four go in, but I just don't know whether, I don't think Struber will. I think he'll stick with that back five because it's working, and why would you change it if something's working? Yeah, I'd, I'd love just, just for... Uh, the way we could set up in attacking areas uh, just so we can move Edwards to right back where I think he is stronger. Uh, I would love to see a back four, Ryan, of um, of Edwards, Tolkien out wide uh, and, and Long and Lewis at centre-half. Uh, I, ju- I, just, I just don't see it happening. Um, perhaps later on in the season, if we are if we are becoming more dominant, uh, if our attacking players are doing more uh, in the final third, if we're winning games more comfortably... Uh, and, and we've got the option to throw a couple more players forward, um, but but certainly in these early stages when when I think the team is still sort of finding themselves out, uh, and I think we have to remember that Struber Struber made it very clear at the start of the campaign that this isn't the team that he wanted to have. Uh, he wanted more additions. He wanted things to be slightly different. And I think uh, we've had to rely on a lot of younger younger guys. Uh, we've got obviously Sergio Goma, Daniel Adelman uh, coming up from the the academy. Um, Rebel two players sort of coming in and around. Uh, I think I think the idea at the minute is protect protect the team, make sure that Carlos Coronel has got what he needs in front of him, uh, and then hopefully we've got enough quality going forward. But thank you for your question, uh, really yeah. appreciated. We've got um, another one from uh, Gary Gibson just before we move on. Um, yeah, who are you playing in a Myers spot? Oh, see now that's that that's that can go in a number of ways uh obviously we've got um depth central midfield isn't something we've got a great deal of um for the obvious choice uh is to to put uh christian casseras jr in um he should be fit he should be okay he should be well uh so for me casseras plays alongside uh drew yearwood uh failing that you 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 perhaps drop drop fernandez a little bit deeper uh, and play play perhaps Lukimas in that in that ten position. Uh, but for me, I think it's quite quite simple that Casares comes in. How about you? No, uh, yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Um, it makes sense um, unless there's anything we're not particularly uh, aware of a reason why he can't play. Um, I think he's the obvious choice. It, it's and sometimes the obvious choice is the best choice. Absolutely. Uh, again, thank you for your question. Really appreciated. Um, yeah, so looking forward uh, again at, at Montreal. Um, the last two meetings between the clubs uh, ended uh, away, a uh, two-one defeat. Uh, funnily enough, probably the last time Patrick Kamala ever scored a goal um, <laughs> in, in in a two-one defeat there. Uh, and then the most recent game, uh, we played them at Red Bull Arena, uh, and we managed to come out as one-nil winners with a goal from. Uh, Atletico Mineiro striker Fabio Gomez. Um, looking at those results, looking at the form of Montreal, looking at the form of Red Bulls, uh, what are you, what's your prediction for this game, Ed? 2-1 uh, Red Bulls. So, right, right, any any idea about goal scorers? Barlow, Aaron Long. Barlow, um, and for them... Mihalovic. Okay, you heard it here first. Uh, I am going to go with a 1-0 victory for New York Red Bulls. I think uh, the clean sheet against Reds will will spare us on. I think we can go and get another one. Uh, and I think the goal 
They go, I'm going to go with a, a, a screamer from Drew Yearwood from outside of the box. Um, but we, we shall see. Um, we are going to, uh, to cut to a, a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the World Cup. Um, and uh, we, we're going to decide what our favourite favorite beverage is. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you then. And welcome back to the RV Metro UK podcast. Uh, right, so uh, in in news away from Red Bull Arena, uh, but but close to both uh, our very good friends over in the states uh, as well as ourselves, uh, the World Cup draw has been made, uh, and uh, alongside Iran and either one of Wales, uh, Scotland, or Ukraine. Uh, the U.S. men's national team have been drawn against the English Lions. Um, wow, wow! I mm. think this is. I think this is both what we really wanted, and both what we're, we're, we're sort of very frightened about at the same time. Um, I, I, yeah, literally, just the, I just didn't want the U.S. in that group. But I think everyone knew it was going to happen. But I just, I just didn't want it. I, I didn't. I don't like the awkwardness. I don't like the fact that we're going to have to upset some of our very close friends over in the states when we win. Um, I don't like the fact that um, it's going to be very. Uh, yeah, it's the, the problem is it's very difficult in international football to have the derby matches that you have in league football, especially, especially over, over this side of the pond as well. When we see derby matches, you know, you think in North London derbies, your Manchester derbies, all that kind of jazz, even your old firm and time where, you know, those atmospheres of, of genuine passion in international football. Um, for England, I mean, if Wales or Scotland get through, that's one, but you've got to, the England US game will be a huge game. Um, really, in terms of ev- everything. I mean, the English media have been very uncomplimentary about um, the US's team, um, rightly or wrongly, probably wrongly. Um, but that's the English media for you. Yeah, that's the that's the English media for you. Um, but yeah, I, re- I just really didn't want that group. Um, if we're being realistic, England should get through it. There's there's no argument, and we should I get through it top of the realist, group. I think if we're being realistic, England and the US should get through it. I don't think there's a team in the uh, in the follow up draw. Um, I I am I'm a nerd uh, when it comes to football. Football is my favourite thing, and I'm I'm a nerd when it comes to MLS, and I'm a nerd when it comes to the US men's national team because although I have got absolutely no American in me, um, because I am so enveloped in this league uh, and in these players and in these guys, I, I also sort of follow uh follow the national team as much as i can i watched the i stand up to watch mexico game um a couple of weeks back i didn't watch panama um well i you know i'm i'm i have i have a real baited interest um and obviously that there's a lot of top players uh pulisic rayner um kenny um to name to name but a few who uh john brooks although he probably won't be there because he's fallen out with greg um sergino dest uh zach stefan um Matt Turner when he moves to Arsenal in the summer. Um, now there are a ton 
ton of players that are going to, that are playing over uh, over in Europe uh, at an incredibly high level. And then you look at players like Jesus Ferreira, who scored a hat-trick for Dallas the other week. Uh, you look at uh, Walker Zimmerman, who seems to have bolted his place down as first choice centre half and perhaps captain of the uh, of the national team at the moment. Um, Aaron Long, obviously. Um, so, you know, we've we're looking at that, that that team, and that is a good good side, uh, full of full of real 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 talent. Uh, I think as well, you've got to look at the time of year that we're going to be playing. We're going to be playing in in, uh, in at, the, at the end of the year. That will mean um, our guys from England will mainly be uh, mid season. You know, having started. Um, the, the guy, obviously, the European guys from uh, from America will be too, but then there'll be a lot of MLS guys who will have just finished their campaign and had perhaps a month off, uh, depending on 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 who it is. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. You you, you look at the heat as well. Players like Jesus Ferreira who's playing in the Texan heat in Dallas. It, it, it's going to be really interesting. I'm a bit gutted because. I was going to watch, I was going to follow the US. I mean, I'll still do it anyway, but I was going to follow the US and hope that, you know, we could meet later on in the pyramid um, and, and that would be my team and that's where I'd put all my, my sort of other joy when England either do wonderfully well or terribly because it tends to be one or, one or the other. Uh, I, am, I am exceptionally excited to see uh, a battle between Aaron Long and Harry Kane uh, this is something that I am. I am. It's keeping me awake at night now. <laughs> this is my idea of absolute heaven. So uh, yeah, no, interesting. I think uh, England will finish top of the group. I finish. Uh, I think the US will finish second. Then I think obviously the the team that will end up qu- uh, qualifying will end up finishing third and Iran uh, last. Although who knows? Um, the one all draw against the US back in 2006. I remember being in the Chestnut Tree pub watching that um, and being very, very, very disappointed, uh, especially when the US ended up topping the group. So, let, let, you know, let's not write them off too soon. No, I agree. I agree. Um, it, it just it just wasn't, wasn't the team I wanted. I think partially... Um, same reasons as you. I, I sort of wanted to, the the uh, US to do well. Um, I didn't really want them. I didn't really want that dilemma of of England or America. Obviously, it's going to be England um, over America, unfortunately, and it's that's the way it has to be. Um, yeah, I think I think I, I would be happy for the US to go through in second. Um, I think it's probably going to be. It very much depends who the qualifier is from the uh, the European side. If it's Scotland or Ukraine, then yeah, the US are going through that group second. If it's Wales, it's going to be a very, very tight contest. And that'll be a fantastic game to watch, actually. Um, the US versus Wales, I think that'll be a really close-knit game. Um, but yeah, um, I am going to apologise now in advance, what will be six months, seven months away, um, for what will happen on, on RB Metro UK Twitter for that game. Um Sorry in advance, yeah, but yeah. it's I mean, going to be odd. I mean, I oh, no, I think it's in a different cupboard. I thought it might have been in that wardrobe. I was just getting <laughs> the shirt out and uh, and, and bang that up. There you go. You got your well, yeah, I can, but I'm on headphones and now we'll uh, pull out the Euro 96 one there. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, yeah, so no, it's exciting. Um, and it and it's gonna hopefully bring. Uh, a lot of good conversation 
uh, to RB Metro UK. Uh, we'll definitely be uh, be covering the World Cup. We'll definitely be covering uh, England and the US, and we'll we'll go into some detail on that and hopefully get some guys who who know a little bit more about the US men's national team than I do. Uh, although I do think I know quite a bit. Uh, discussing it all on that side. Um, we had we had a wonderfully bizarre uh, request uh, from uh, the super the Super Bowls um, owl on Twitter uh, in regard to some northeast beer based question. Uh, now I, I don't I mean I I, I drink a lot <laughs> so I'm an expert in that sense. Um, I I know what I like I like what I know. I, I wouldn't I would can't exactly talk about the northeast of of the UK and you know we I sit very comfortably and and Ed is the same in, in the middle of the country uh and we're, we're, we're quite happy where we are uh but I just thought I'd ask you Ed uh what is your favorite alcoholic beverage oh you see I have I have so many which makes it sound awful <laughs> but um are you a spirits man are you a, are you a lager man are you a yeah man? um spirits usually um i mean i i used to be sort of a, a big lager man um but i've gone off it a little bit just bloating um glass of red wine every now and then if i want to be posh but uh yeah I, I, to be honest you can put most al alcoholic beverages in front of me and i'll drink it um i mean i i'm <laughs> I have been sort of looking at the uh, the article uh, that we were sent from the Super B Owl, and it seems to be focusing on uh, beer foam at the time, you know, the, the, the head, as it's called. Um, and I can understand how that could be confusing. I mean, I'd say I've only been to America the once, I went to New York, um, and the points there were not, heady because obviously it's it's lager and it doesn't really need to be um but when you're drinking over here bitter and ales and things but um yeah the uh the head of the beer is is arguably more important than the content if you've got a this is going to sound so wrong to uh people to anyone not not in england but this please because i'm just waiting already yeah no i'm not going to say it because i know exactly what you're going to do <laughs> no, no no in the edit in the edit please no i know where you're going with it i am not making that obvious joke <laughs> no um so my favorite beverage i am an absolute sucker for a pint of guinness uh i i that that is my that's my go-to it's my number one it's my time after time after time uh, i also love a craft ale craft owls are uh, ridiculously expensive so i try and try and stay away from the wallet uh, but um anything by brew dog i love um I'm, I'm a big fan of belgian beers anything from belgium um any uh, i like a wheat beer uh, something something a bit more smoother blue moon is, is one of my absolute favorites as well with a nice slice of orange uh so yeah that's me i'm i'm, I'm not really a spirits man uh i can't i'm not, not a big fan. A bottle of red wine. You say a glass, I say a bottle. A bottle of red wine is my stay, staying in beverage. So music on the television um, and and a bottle of red wine drank slowly through an evening. That is, that's a... a yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, definitely, once you've opened the bottle, you've got to drink it because it'll just go off if not. So you might as well drink it. Um, quick 
alcohol related American story. I can tie it in slightly. Um, when uh, I had uh, headed over to uh, to New York, um, in fact, actually, we were discussing this earlier. I'm sure it was earlier. Uh, it was three years today um, that I went the first time to the Red Bull Arena um, to watch us lose to uh, who was it? Uh, someone, one of the Amer one of the Canadian teams, but I can't remember exactly who it was. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, whilst I was over there, I'd heard the uh, the horror stories that you always hear when you go over to America that you know all the pints are watered down, mm -hmm. um, to try and get you to buy more alcohol and and you know make sure that you're you're spending as much money as possible. So I thought, right, counteract this. I'll I'll fall into the trap. I'll just drink as much as possible and see where it gets me. So I'm ordering, you know, Budweiser after Budweiser after Budweiser. It was about seven or eight drinks in that I realised I was drinking um, canned beer and there was absolutely no way it could have been watered down because I opened the can myself. Um, <laughs> so that was a sort of a go very hard for the first couple of hours and then regret the rest of the night what you'd done. But... Um, yeah, no, I uh, I like I like the drinking culture in America. It's it's different, but the Brits have got it nailed down for me. Oh, we 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 know exactly what we're doing. No, uh, talking about the head of a beer, obviously, um, a pint of Guinness. The head is the only thing that's important. Uh, I will say it. I will say it, if you need good head, if you've got good head, and you've got the got a good pint of Guinness. Right, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's that's yeah, the uh, that's the new intro. There. Uh, but we we drink a lot of uh, real ale, as it as we refer to it. Um, over in Wolverhampton, we've got uh, we've got a brewery around the corner from my house called Banksy's Brewery. Uh, Banksy's like mold and bitter and, bitter. and melting point. Um, so that's that, uh, and that needs to have good head. Um, with a lager, the, the problem with lager, I find, is when the head, the head uh, starts getting a bit frothy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just in my head. All I'm all I'm doing is I'm I'm listening to this conversation as an American, and uh, but but yeah, I mean, but some lagers, um, Heineken and Amstel, the Dutch lagers, um, will have very large head. Um, yeah to keep the flavor in um but for me if you're drinking lager you're drinking lager to get drunk and it's just less alcohol in the in the glass um yeah of course so that so get rid of it but uh no head is head is very important in life mm. and uh yeah. you can uh, always find a uh, positive reaction with with good head ne never a true word said ed <laughs> <laughs> uh, right okay um that, that's that one done so thank you um me super owl uh for your wonderfully weird question uh we really appreciate that uh we we will more than happily answer any of your any of your bizarre questions about head um if you've got them so so fantastic uh before we go uh, i thought we'd do a um uh predictions for the for the games for this weekend uh, so uh, we've mm. got games on Saturday, games on Sunday, and one game on Monday. Uh, on Saturday, we'll, we'll do one each because uh, it's just the two of us today. So you say yours, I'll say mine. Uh, we kick off with Orlando City versus Chicago Fire. Um, that's a Fire 2-0 win. 
Uh, I'm going for uh, for a fire win as well. I think they've looked really, really strong this year, um, and they've really made the step up. Um, I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go two two one as well. Uh, two one. Yeah, I think two one to to fire. Uh, following that, we have uh, into Miami uh, perennial future wooden spooners uh, versus our our, uh, our our last fixture, uh, New England Revolution at the uh, Dry Pink Stadium. <laughs> um that's a new england win comfortable i'm i'm going to go for into miami win this time i think um i think this is i think the thing is they've been so bad for five games they've been so bad and it's looked so dreadful at times and so oh i just think they've had an international break now they've they've, they've seen the fact that it's gone so badly New England have been really poor this year. Um, the, the, you know their, their result in CCL going three 0 up in the first leg, then conceding three goals in the second leg and losing on penalties. They don't look very good this year, uh, despite having a really good roster. I, I'm, I'm going to go a really really narrow one 0 into Miami win uh, because I want to be different. Um, following that, it's obviously New York Red Bulls versus Montreal. We've discussed that. Um, after the last game on Saturday is Philadelphia Union at home to Columbus Crew, a fantastic MLS fixture there. What are you saying? Uh, that's a Philly win for me. Another team, uh, I think they're still unbeaten this year, uh, looking very strong. Jim Curtin has got them playing some really great football. Uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia 2-0 victory, I think. Moving yeah, uh, over to um, Sunday the 10th, uh, we've got a great fixture list here. Uh, it kicks off with the, um, I just think, terribly named. I hate it. I can't help it. <sighs> it's El awful. Trafico. Awful. Oh, awful. El Trafico uh, being held mm. at uh, what I think is now called the Seakeek Stadium uh, in Carson um, of LA Galaxy. Uh, what are we saying? Uh, LAFC win uh, 3-1. Another unbeaten team. I'm going to go for a four-nil victory for LAFC. Um, after that, we've got uh, Rail Salt Lake, who have looked really, really strong this year against Bob Bradley's Toronto FC, who have picked up. Um, I think it was this weekend that they picked up their first win, or was that the weekend before? Uh, I've got them down as winning twice this season. So, so they've won twice, so they've won two games in a row. Then, okay, um, I couldn't couldn't quite remember. Um, Bob Bradley's side, obviously, picking up in form. Bob Green, a, a brilliant coach, having a good side there at Toronto. What, what do we think? Uh, I'll go Desmond, 2-2 two, two, two draw. Lovely. I'm going to go for one all draw. Um, we then have uh, the Dynamo at home to the Earthquakes. Uh, you know, the, the the what a crazy name we have, Derby, um, as I like <laughs> to call it. Um, <laughs> what, what, uh, what, what are we saying for that? Um, Dynamo win. Uh, 3-0 7-0 let's go with it why not it's just, just I feel like uh, Darwin Quintero is going to turn up to that um, right then we have um, FC Dallas obviously with um, Paul Ariola and Jesus Ferreira fresh from uh, playing really well for the US men's national team um, Ariola scoring a goal during during the qualifying run this time around against uh, Super Jack Price uh, I haven't mentioned him in a while Former uh, Wolves, Wolves central midfielder from Shrewsbury. Um, him, his Colorado side. Uh, what, what are we saying for that? Um, score draw, nil nil. 
3-1 Dallas win. Uh, we then have Sporting Kansas City, who have really started the season quite poorly uh, for them. They do have a lot of injuries and, and it's not really been a, a good start. Alan Polito, I think he's still out up top. Uh, they play at home to uh, Dax McCarthy FC. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether he's back yet from suspension, uh, but all, all the same, what what we're saying there? Uh, Nashville 2-1 win. Or maybe we can call it Sean Davis FC now because Dax might not be playing. Oh, yeah, we'll call it Sean Davis FC. Or Alex Muriel FC, former Red Bull FC. There we go, we'll call it that. <laughs> um, I am going for Sporting Kansas City 1-0 victory. Um, we then have a Cascadia derby uh, with Vancouver Whitecaps hosting the Portland Timbers. Um, if there was a way for both these teams to lose, um, I'm going to go with a, a one-all draw. Uh, if Brian White is fit, then Vancouver will win 19-0. Uh, if not, <laughs> then I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Then we have the second um, derby in uh, in in the history of the of the, the good old Deep South. Uh, Charlotte versus Atlanta uh, at the Bank of America Stadium. Charlotte really picking up, uh, looking quite good the last couple of weeks. Um, Spiderski, their, their DP, looking quite exciting through the middle. And Atlanta as well, starting to find form and look a little bit more settled. Tiago Armada with an absolutely beautiful free kick the other week. Um, what, how are we seeing that going? 4-0 uh, Charlotte. 4-0, Charlotte. Okay, I'm going to go for... Hi, Callum. I know why. Uh, I am going to go for a 1-0 Charlotte victory. I think they're going to nick it and it's going to be pandemonium. Uh, <laughs> and then there is, of course, one more game um, to round the weekend off, and that is Austin FC on Monday, uh, hosting Minnesota United. Uh, <clears throat> Austin 2-0. Both teams have impressed me this year, um, <laughs> if I'm honest. So I'm going to go for a 2 2 draw. Um, yeah. So uh, that about wraps up uh, the podcast. Um, cheers if you've listened live. Thanks again if you have uh, asked a question or put something in. Uh, we have answered them all. Um, we, do, we do appreciate the inter interaction. Um, maybe we'll do something like this again. Sorry, I've had no guests this week. It's just been, been a bit difficult, but hopefully. The ramblings of, of Ed and myself have been uh, suffice for your ears. Um, yeah, so uh, I've been Scott, uh, he's been Ed, uh, and we'll see you very, very soon. Go Bulls! See you later. And now I've just got to find the credits. Bear with me. This is really <laughs> smooth, isn't it? <laughs> In fact, actually, I don't know where the credits are. They don't appear on here. So, uh, so this um, time we, we, will, we, will, we will say goodbye without any credits. So, yeah. Bye. Right. Try. <laughs>